Welcome friends. I am so excited that you're tuning in today. Thank you so much. Today we have a special treat. In this special week of love, if you will, I thought it would be super fun to bring in a special guest, Jenny Lesko. She is going to be talking about how to thrive in marriage. And don't worry if you're not married. She has tips for singleness. She has tips for encouraging you to run after God. Like it's such a good episode. We kind of cover it all. And Jenny, Jenny is a best-selling author, podcast host, wife, mom of five, and she's pastors of Fresh Life Church alongside her husband, Levi. Jenny's heart is to encourage the church, tell people they are loved by God who created them and designed them for a purpose to preach the gospel and the love of Jesus, reach and empower the next generation, and to remind women of their beauty and God-given strength to change the world. Right, friends? She is one of us. She also loves all things fresh and flourishing, including interior design and creating an atmosphere that is welcoming, inviting everyone to the table. She is the author of The Fight to Flourish and co-host of the Hey, It's the Let's Go's podcast. Jenny is a wife of 19 years to Levi and mom to one son, Lennox, and four daughters, Olivia, Daisy, Clover, and Lenya, who is in heaven. All right, friends, let's just dig right in. It's so good. Hey, friend, welcome to the Abundant Woman Collective podcast. Do you want to grow in your faith and have an intimate relationship with Jesus? Do you wake up with big, ambitious goals only to be overwhelmed and frustrated when you're way too busy and forgot to prioritize your time with him again? Hey, I'm Sam, and I too was someone who craved a deeper relationship but was too busy to make it happen. I felt overwhelmed at trying to fit him in and wished I could be confident in my faith and identity. I wanted to read the Bible and actually understand what I was reading, but I kept telling myself that I didn't have the time, the know-how, or the discipline or tools to make it happen until I found a little secret to get rid of the Christian checklist. In this podcast, you will find biblical truth, hope-filled conversations with women who are right where you are, and all of the practical tools to implement so that you will be able to deepen your relationship with Jesus. So grab your copy, Bible and pen, and let's dig in. I'm so excited to have a new friend here, Jenny Lesko. Jenny, welcome. Thank you so much for taking the time to spend and share your story with us. I'm super excited. Thank you, Samantha. I'm so excited too. This is going to be so fun. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. I really wanted to dive in because one, I cheated. I have your Devo, so I'm super excited to share it with the world too, but how to thrive in marriage. Like you and Levi do a lot together. You have a busy full life. Right. And so thrive is such a cool word where I want to hear, like, we're going to talk about your best tips and (laughs) how to thrive and the listeners and I can, how to thrive in marriage. But first I want to hear your story. How did you and Levi meet? Ooh, well, I'm first of all excited to talk about this subject. I feel like Levi and I have learned the hard way in a lot of ways. And so um, we just have a lot of like, hey, maybe don't do this, but maybe try this. So I don't know. Um, I hope that I hope to encourage someone today. But um, I let's see, Levi and I, we met in Albuquerque, New Mexico. I was uh, born and raised in Monterey, California. He was born and raised in Colorado, Colorado Springs. And um, he moved to New Mexico when he was like 10. And then I actually moved to New Mexico when I was 19. It was actually the same year as 
9-11. So actually the same month. So oh, no. 9-11 happened. Um, my twin baby sisters, who are 19 years younger than me, were born three days later. And then I moved from California to New Mexico when I was um, 19. Let's see, that was three days after that. So like the world was like seemingly like falling apart. And yeah. I was leaving my mom with twin baby girls. And I was like, I do not know why I'm moving to New Mexico, but I just felt like I I was supposed to, that God was calling me to. And so moved there. He was the assistant to the youth pastor at the time. And I was there to do an internship in the missions department at the church. So I was like planning mission trips, um, helping youth groups plan their their trips. Um, but then I also got involved in the youth group and just started serving. I was a small group leader um, and then would kind of help plan things as well. And that's how we met. We literally met one night. We were both setting up chairs for um, youth group. And that's the day that we met. And Levi says that he, he just loved me right away. And I don't know how I felt at the moment, but... <laughs> Um, but I do remember as time went on and as we were serving together alongside each other, I remember thinking, man, it would be so fun to grow old with this guy. And what a random thought, you know, like, yeah, who thinks about that? Like getting old with somebody. But right. for some reason, I remember feeling like he would be so fun to get old with. So anyways, here we are almost we're going to be celebrating 19 years of marriage this year. So wow. Wow. That's so, that's so cool. And you were so young to think that too, like growing old wasn't really a topic. Right? I know. Like, yeah, that doesn't, yeah. It's just funny. It's funny. We had things going on in my head. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Cleaning chairs. I, um, we had a small group the other night and that was one of the questions. Like, when did you know that you were going to marry your spouse? And my husband had like this elaborate story. And then he turns to me and he's like, okay, your turn. And I was like, I don't know. I don't know. I just, I don't know. <laughs> I don't have like a magic moment. I'm sorry. I fell in love with you gradually. Yeah, like. which I think is so, I think that's so helpful. Mm -hmm. Totally. I think that's so helpful for people to hear though. Cause I think sometimes when you're single and you're wanting to be married, you think that that's like God like opens the clouds and like the, yeah. the, the light shines on the one person. It's like so clear that this is the person. Yeah. I think that is, that is for some people, but I think for so many of us, we don't, we don't get that. This is the one, one. Yeah. You know? And even I remember date. We were dating. Um, we broke up for a, like a few months, um, and then started dating again with more of the focus of being like, "Hey, we want to get married one day." Mm. Um, and um, but I remember even being engaged. Like I knew that I loved him, and I knew that I wanted to to be with him. But it was I didn't like know for sure. Like it. it it's still like even um, leading up to marriage, it was like, well, I think this is right, but I'm not going to say that God told me clearly that this is yeah. the man. Like, it just seems like God's leading in this way. So I think it is helpful for us, for, for young people and for single people to hear that and just know that it's not going to be necessarily like written in the sky for you. Yes. And it's not a Hollywood romance movie or a Disney fairy tale. Yeah. I, that's what I ended up telling him was like, I just grew into love with you because we were, became such good friends and then partner. I mean, like love was somewhere in there, but then we were also like partners and doing life together that it made sense. 
I was also like a good quote unquote Christian girl. So I was like, homie, we got it. We're going to get married or we can't be together. (laughs) Uh, No pressure. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. How long have you guys been married? Um, see, I'm really bad at these questions too. Um, we have been together 17 years and I think we're married 15 for, I feel like that's wrong. Maybe it's 16 and 13. I think we're 13. (laughs) Oh my gosh, you guys, I'm so sorry. (laughs) I'm like, babe, don't listen to this episode with Jenny. I butchered it (laughs) a long time. That's hilarious. Yes. Uh, A long time. I think it's fun too, is at some point soon for like both of us, we'll be together longer than we've been apart. You know, like I, I mean, obviously childhood doesn't really count, but like I've been with you longer than I've been without you. And I think that is so cool and not, it's rare now, you know? So I love that. Yeah. Doing life together. I love that so much. That's so special. Yeah. Um, What does it look like to thrive in your marriage? Ooh, I think... When you're thriving in your marriage, um, there's a there's a sweetness to it. There's a laughter. There's not taking yourself so seriously or being so easily offended. But there's a um, a, a desire for the other to to thrive and be successful and be strong. And and there's just a, a sweet friendship too. I think mm-hmm. um, you just start seeing both of you walking in your callings individually but also together like you said that doing life together and um and i think that that's just what levi and i have experienced i mean we met in church which i mean you can meet god can introduce you to your you to your spouse anywhere but i love i love that we met in god's house and we met serving each other and one of the things that's kind of funny about our our relationship is i going into this year-long mission internship um one of the like rules was no romantic dating relationships and so i went into this year just like jesus is just me and you because i mean ever since i was like five i loved boys and i just i was boy crazy and so i like even up until um that moment i would just always either wanted to be liked by a guy or like a guy and and so here I was 19 with this year ahead of me of like, God, this is just me and you. I don't want to be distracted. I don't want to like look at new guys and think maybe he's the one, maybe he's the one, maybe he's the one. Oh yeah. And I just want to focus on you. And what was so funny is that I met Levi halfway through that year and he didn't make any such commitment. So he was, I mean, he was always in my office. We were always talking about youth ministry, quote unquote, um, and we liked each other, but what was so precious is that there wasn't the pressure of like, oh my gosh, is he gonna ask me out? Cause it was like, nope. And if he does, he clearly doesn't know what I committed to this year, which he did. But, um, and he was very, he was very honoring. And literally at midnight, the night that my internship ended, he asked me out on our first date. So he oh, was just like ready. <laughs> that is so sweet. But, um, I know. So I just, I just think as we as we were serving God in 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 church, we were serving people, we were loving God, loving people. That was like how we started. And I think that over over time, we just we literally were like, God, whatever you want to do, we want to serve you however you want to lead us. And when we first got married, we thought that maybe God would move us to a big city like um 
New York or LA or Seattle or I don't know, somewhere big because we just felt the we felt the call of just reaching a lot of people and and serving a lot of people and telling a lot of people about God and his plan for their lives. And so um, we moved to Southern California about a year after we got married and that made so much sense. But I just think that all along the way, the little steps, little by little, that our heart has always just been to to serve God and to do it together. And And you said this earlier, we literally are doing everything together. Like we lead the church together. We we lead in meetings and stuff together. And so there are days where it's like, we've been together like all day today, but I, I'm i okay with that. Like that, yeah. that's fine with me. I, I know I have some like people in my life who are like, man, I've, I've, I was with my husband all day and I just need a break. And I'm like, I just don't understand. I don't understand that mentality. Um, but I mean, obviously we're human and we get on each other's nerves, but um, but yeah, to answer your question, I think thriving is loving God with everything that you are individually. And Levi and I have said, like, it's like a triangle where we're both at the base on the bottom. But as we're seeking Jesus, like we just it automatically brings you closer together. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's the beauty about being in Christ in marriage is as you are falling more in love with your Savior, there's just more to be fall in love with, with your spouse. And so, yeah, that's, that's so nice to thrive. <laughs> yeah. I love that. I love, there's several things you said that we adopt in my family, like love God, love people is the family rule, if you will, that I'm trying so hard to instill in my children. And, but like it, it helps Matt and I refocus. Like if he's first, just like your triangle. I love that. I almost want to like draw out a triangle, but if he's our first, then we can't totally. Help. Yeah. I'm with you. We can't help, but love the other person more. Uh, if he's our focus, he's our priority, even in the annoying times, right? Like that annoying quality of my husband snoring, Lord help me, but like God made him, <laughs> but it helps. Yeah. I love that, that triangle and focusing on him. And you guys said you do ministry together, obviously. Do you guys travel together? You guys are home with the kids together. Like it's all together, all of it. Yeah. So we, yeah, we just, we, we do it all together. And I mean, it's not like 24 seven, seven days a week. We're always by each other's side. Like that's not the reality of it. Like we are definitely like, even when we um, wrote the marriage devotional, like we weren't together in the same room, like for months and months and months. Mm -hmm. It was like, we were gathering uh, messages and things we've written and we were kind of like doing it separately and then together. And, um, and even when we read a devotional kind of like that, like we don't sit together and read it together. Um, we'll read it separately and then talk about it together. So, I mean, I, so I don't want to paint the picture that, oh, we're having our quiet times together. Although those are fun moments where like, we're both on different ed- like edges of the couch and ha- just reading kind of the same thing. Like this year we're reading through the Bible in a year together. And so like today I was sitting on the floor by the fire because it is so cold here in Montana. Um, I was like all snuggled up by the fire reading my Bible. He was sitting on the couch and then like we would just like look up and be like, oh my gosh, I can't believe like that happened to Joseph, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, so like we'll we'll talk about stuff, but we do um, homeschool our kids. Um, and again, that's like they do online school. So it's not like I'm I'm not coming up with the 
curriculum and stuff, which I wish I could. And, and I had more of a bandwidth to like more specialized school for each of them. But right now they're doing school online. So we do school. Levi will sometimes help. Um, but we also travel as much as we can. Like Levi will either um, be speaking or I'll be speaking. We'll travel together as much as we can because that's become such a sweet rhythm of like we'll be doing some work and we'll be speaking somewhere, but then we'll take a night, have a little add like a little romantic getaway to it, um, even if it's just for a night in like the morning or whatever. But we just try to sneak in little things here and there that can ah. add value to our our relationship in a sneaky way, kind of. <laughs> um, but anyways, uh, but then Levi or I will sometimes just travel with one of the kids. So like they're kind of in a quote unquote rotation where like, okay, Olivia, our oldest is 17 she'll come with us on a trip or go with Levi on a trip and kind of the same thing where like he'll speak, I'll speak, but then we'll add on a Levi took um, live to New York and added on like a, a tennis, went to a tennis game or whatever. It's like just little things that are, are sweet for our relationship with our kids too. And um, yeah, and then we, we tour every once in a while. Um, one's coming up at the end of this year. So that will be fun with uh, a friend of ours. I'm, I won't say yet. But um, that'll be fun. And then, um, yeah, we just try to just include the kids and everything, too. And something I love that you said was that as a family, um, love God and love people is a, a, a code for your family. And I, I love that. And really, we, we try to encourage couples to see that when they said, I do, they were saying yes to a family. And it's, you don't start a family when you start having kids. And so I think that that's so helpful to have those things in place. Like when you're a couple, like starting, hey, this is our family code. Like this is who we are and um, and making those traditions and um, and kind of like trying to make it easy for growth to happen in our, our relationship. So then when you have kids, it's like, ooh, we can do this with our kids too and, and instill some of these um, fun things and teaching things and, and stuff with our family. So that's kind of how we approach it. <laughs> yeah. I love that. And I love that you take individual time out for the kids because having a lot of kids is <laughs> a lot of work. And, uh, I'm sure that they'll yes. always remember those trips, those like one-on-one -on -one get to go with mom and dad deals. You know, that's really cool for them too. We hope so. We hope they remember the good things <laughs> Yeah, because <laughs> we know we're giving them a lot of the bad things too. <laughs> Yes, yeah, not the jet lag. in their uh, counseling <laughs> journey in their future. <laughs> oh, I'm pretty sure I made that comment the other day. Like, babe, go ahead and tack this into their like therapy thought fund <laughs> because we're gonna need it. <laughs> um, oh, okay, yes, I Lord. don't give us grace. Right, lots of it, please. Fun fact: I am from California as well, and from the Bay Area, so not far from Monterey. But you went from Arizona. Oh. I know Monterey is actually where we used to go to vacay, which I know growing up there, but yeah, I miss Monterey actually. So happy. Oh, we love, we love going back. Yes. I have um, family still there and we went back there last year and it's just the, it's so beautiful. It's beautiful. I love that my family, some of my family's there. Like I love it. I love it yeah. so much. I, yeah, I, especially on days like this, right. Where it's cold. <laughs> so like, I bet you California is not this cold. <laughs> How did you guys end up? Because California, New Mexico, Southern California, now Montana. Like, where? How did you get there? 
Oh my gosh, that is the question. That is the question. Um, no, you know, it's so funny because we, like I said, we always thought we would minister in like a big city where there were mm-hmm. lots of people. And, um, and so after, when, after we moved from New Mexico to California, we were like, oh, this kind of, this move makes sense. Like this is kind of in the direction our, basically our, our senior pastor in New Mexico had moved to Southern California to take over a church. Mm-hmm. And he had asked Levi to move with them and be like over all of like um, student ministries, so college, high school, um, middle school, and then also like design and creative stuff. And so that's why we moved out there was because our senior pastor moved out there and Levi's so loyal. I think if we had stayed, if our pastor had stayed in New Mexico, I feel like he would have stayed there mm. forever because he's just, yeah. he's loyal. And so when we followed them out there, um, we were out there for almost two years. And um, and then our senior pastor had to move back to New Mexico because um, some of the le- the leadership had left. So he went back and he's been there since. So he's still there now. But at that point, we were just like, we, Levi was the interim teaching pastor in the adult church, quote unquote, um, big church. Yeah. Um, and we were kind of faced with like, what are we going to, are we going to stay here and, and do this? Are we going to move? We had a, a, a family friend who had grown up vacationing in Montana his whole life. And he was like, he put on this outreach event, asked Levi to preach there. So we were there summer of 2006 and um, while we were here, he was like, you guys should move to Montana and start a church. We really just need like a good Bible teaching church, like good um, worship. And we were like, we are not moving to Montana. Like, first of all, we didn't even know where Montana was before we got here. Like, there's no people in Montana like this. That's weird. So we didn't like we were like, mm, yeah, probably not. Um, meanwhile, God just started stirring that in us. And, and then January, 2007, um, we moved to Montana and there was a lot that happened in between summer, 2006, January, 2007, but we moved here the first of the year and literally people in our life in California were like, you are not supposed to move to Montana. Like that doesn't make any sense. You got, you're moving away from people and you're, um, like cows die there. And, this is just not God's will for your life. Like someone literally said, this is not God's will for your life. And, but we weren't, we weren't entirely sure. We just knew that God was calling us to, to risk something. And it did feel like we were moving away from opportunity, from ever being on anyone's radar ever again. But we're like, let's, let's do this. And we even committed to five years. We're like, well, let's just commit to five years and see what God does. And um, we moved here, started in Kalispell, in the Flathead Valley, and we just thought, okay, God's calling us to reach this valley, and what are we going to do? And so we started with 14 people in a room above a bar, and it was January 14th, and it was 14 degrees. Literally just thinking, like, this is so crazy. Like, what a tiny, like, start. And who knows what God's going to do. But as as time went on, weekend after weekend, like, um, God was growing his church. And um, and now, gosh, 16 years later, we are, we have campuses all across the state of Montana. We're in the Montana State Prison. We are in Salt Lake City. 
and Portland, Oregon, and um, Teton, Wyoming. And it's just laughable because as we look back, we see that, yes, at the time we were saying, like, kind of like goodbye, like laying on the altar, the thought of we're going to reach a lot of people. We're going to yeah. go to a city where there's um, – 100,000 people and we're going to start a church with 14 people like that doesn't make any sense but looking back God has just done crazy things and I think that that's what's so amazing one of the things that's so amazing about following the Lord is that he'll take you to a place where like it doesn't make sense but then the dreams that he puts in you which is Mm -hmm. so key the dreams that he puts in you you just look back and see him do what he wants to do in his timing And so it's like we've never had so many opportunities where we've been able to preach to to people all around the world. And the fact that like we get to go to cities like New York and L.A. and preach at churches or conferences or um, the the opportunity that God has given my husband and me, but for him in writing books and a voice that really – um, speaks to an older generation and a younger younger generation, um, just the favor on his life. And I know on both of us too, but I know specifically his his gifting and the mantle that God has on his life. And it's just, you just have to laugh because it's like, God, you brought us to a place where there weren't a lot of people mm-hmm. and you've allowed us to be able to preach the gospel to a lot of people And now even like from here, like our home base being Kalispell, God is still, God is growing this city actually because so many people like during and after the pandemic have moved here. So it's like new people are being added to our church all the time. There are new people moving in there and it's just so beautiful. Like I, I'm just so grateful that God's timing is his timing and that he does all things well. And we don't have to worry. Like there was so many, there were so many nights at the beginning of planning Fresh Life where we would just be like, what the heck are we doing? Like <laughs> Levi would study all day, all week for the weekend, all day for when he would do Wednesday nights and Sunday mornings. Cause that's what the kind of church that we grew up in where you just did that. And he was just like, I don't even know. I, I preached to five people tonight on a Wednesday night. What am I even doing? Yeah. Um, but just seeing like the preparation and the the strengthening and the training that God was doing in our hearts, um, I, I, I wouldn't have it any other way, honestly. It's beautiful. We learned the hard way. And I think that's something even in marriage, like not being afraid to learn the hard way. We're going to mess up. We're going to make mistakes, we're going to sin, we're going to fall, but don't be afraid to learn the hard way because God is in those moments and his grace is so sufficient and he's so kind and he's so ready to redeem and to um, and to teach us in the hard things. Yeah. Yeah. I love, I love that story so much. I love that despite people you probably loved and who had I'm sure good intentions of telling you that's not your calling. We had some, (laughs) um, but that he put a desire in your heart to speak to the masses yet brought you to Montana, which I don't even know where Montana is either. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Northwest through your, yes, he amplified your, he amplified your yes. And he allowed you to 
live out your dreams. And probably I'm assuming in a way that was more than you could have even imagined. Right. And how many times he gets to do that through our marriage. Like when you said, don't be afraid of the heart. I just kept thinking of beauty from ashes. Like how many times we hear these stories of heartbreak and life is not easy. Right. And that we experience hard junk (laughs) and, and lots of things either in our personal life or in our marriage. And, um, that he can still redeem those things and make our marriages or our relationships stronger than ever. And, but as like comfortable American people, we are so not wanting to go out and say yes to moving across the country or going through walking through the fire, any of these hard things. Hmm. We're just, we like to be comfortable, but God can do so much. Like, look, I love your story. Look at what he's done through your yes. It's so good. He's so good. He he is so good. And he's just so faithful. And one of my favorite verses is Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. And I encourage anyone who doesn't know, which I'm sure a lot of people do, but I encourage anyone to memorize it. But um, it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. And it's so simple, but it's so hard to do. But just the fact that like, God calls us to trust him, to lean our full weight on him, to depend on him for every day, every moment, every interaction, every breath, everything he's called us to do. Um, Knowing that as we're acknowledging him and trusting him and looking to him, he is going to be the one to direct us. So we don't have to worry about what's going to happen tomorrow, what's going to happen next month, what's going to happen next year. Our, Our goal and our purpose is to trust him and let him do all the things. And so, um, I mean, even in the fact that I had mentioned that we had said that we had given basically committed to five years, which it wasn't like we wrote it down and we're, you know, it wasn't like, I don't know, exact, but we were just like, let's do five years. Cause our oldest was 15 months when he moved here and we were like in five years, she'll be five. And if it does, it's not working, we'll just go back to California and she'll go to kindergarten. It'd be like, we know nothing ever happened. Yeah. Um, but it was interesting though, because when we moved to Montana, I found out after we got here that I was pregnant with our second daughter, Lenya. Mm-hmm. And um, and then she was born. I mean, she was born 2007, September 2007, the same year that the church was born. So it was really sweet to see, like, you know, in a baby, like seeing the growth of of a church. And um, but one of our heartbreaks was um our daughter lenya suddenly going to heaven when she was five and so um in 2012 um in january 2012 our daughter clover was born and then in december of 2012 lenya was born um i'm sorry lenya went to heaven she was born in the sense of she's going to heaven but anyways um but what was what's interesting about all that is that we had committed five years god whatever, whatever you want to do, five years, we'll, we'll kind of reevaluate. And it's so interesting because Lenya went to heaven in that five-year, like, mm. commitment, so to speak. And I think we would have had every, like, no one would have batted an eye if we had said, okay, we're out. Like, I don't know God, what God's doing, but we're out of here. Like, five mm-hmm. years, we gave five years. God God took our five-year-old um but what was so the t- the tension of that was that God was doing such a beautiful work um, in our lives in our church, 
um, there was growth happening. It was very evident that God's hand was on our lives and on our church and just doing doing his work. And so it almost made us double down and just be like, okay, eternity is nearer than we think. And um, we're going to continue to fight for people who don't yet know Jesus. We're going to continue to fight for sexual purity. Um, we're going to continue to fight for marriages to be restored and to be built for families. And it kind of just gave us more of this resolve. And and yes, we grieved and we continue to, but we just um, feel stronger because God's just so good that way and it doesn't make any sense. But you can go, all I'm trying to say, I guess, is that you can go through the unimaginable, but God has has us and yeah. he is kind even when we feel like He's he might not be there. He's close. And so I guess that's my encouragement to anyone listening that, that God is so close to the brokenhearted. And even in your marriage, maybe um, there's been a struggle or there's been um, unfaithfulness or just maybe your marriage is on the rocks or hanging by a thread, but God is able to take a grieving heart and restore it and take a hurting marriage and restore it. And um, he's just able. And so I just want to speak that over anyone who might need to hear that, that there's hope and strength for, for the hurting heart. Yes. Yes. And amen. How do you walking through that with Levi and, and your other children, how, how did you keep going? I mean, obviously the Lord sustained you, but how did you keep going after losing her? Well, I remember in the hospital, um, that night, um, she had, the doctor said had died of an asthma attack. Um, I think that she might have had like some kind of heart thing that we didn't know about because it just didn't make sense. It, all the things were like, I don't even, this doesn't add up. But I know in heaven we'll know, but then I know in heaven we'll just all be in Jesus's presence and we'll be together and nothing will even matter. So I, part of me is like, I can't wait to find out what exactly happened, but I know when we're there together, it won't even matter anymore. But all that to say, um, I remember in the hospital, Levi and I, each holding one of her hands and worshiping and weeping and just saying, God, you gave her to us and you've taken her from us. And like how Job said, we literally, what came out of our mouths was the Lord gives, the Lord takes away, blessed be the name of the Lord. Mm. And I think that what happened that night and, and what proceeded to happen in the coming months and years um, was what we had trained for and that's something that we we like to call training for the trial you're not yet in and basically knowing that for each and every one of us like our dark days are coming and our trials are coming and if we're not in a trial currently there is one coming around the corner or we will have just come out of one like we're, we're gonna be in heartache at some point in our life whether it's the loss of a marriage the loss of a job the loss of someone we love um the loss of a role or whatever, like we're going to experience that. So I think what's so important for us in marriage is to be training for the trials that are to come. And by that, we mean like, what are we doing to strengthen our faith? What are we doing to be planted in the house? What are we doing to, to be drawing closer to Jesus and to be 
ready for the storms that come. And so not that we were doing it perfectly, but we were in the rhythm of being in the house. And yes, we lead this church, but also it was our rhythm just to always be in the house, to be in small group, to be in worshiping Jesus no matter what. And um, tithing, I think tithing is so, it's seemingly a little thing, but I think that's such a huge thing of of tethering our hearts to heaven. Like the Bible says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So as we're giving God our first and best of whatever we make, we're like, we're literally like cre- creating and, and threading the fabric of of heaven as we give and and allowing God's kingdom to be built and and I don't know how exactly all that works, but it's beautiful and it really does tether your heart to heaven. And actually, when after Lenny went to heaven, she had had in her uh, Jesus jar, which we had for the kids, a giving jar for Jesus, a savings jar, and a spending jar. Now we've added an investing um, component to it for our kids now, but um, she still had money in her Jesus jar. And so I remember the day that we took, brought our kids, came to church and put um, her money in the the offering and the tithe box. And um, there's just, there's a sweetness to that. And, and all this is very bittersweet. And to anyone who has walked through grief, um, you know that it's bitter and it's sweet. But the things that God's teaching you and growing you in is so sweet and he's so tender, but it's bitter and it's, it's horrible. And I hate that, that Lenny is not with us. And I, I still, am just, I always think like, cause she would be 15 now. I just think what it would be like with her, with us. And even when we're tra- traveling, like, I'm always like, wait, not everyone's here. Yes, they are. And I just hope I never, like, I never get over that. I hope I always am doing a head count. I hope I always miss her and that that ache would take me all the way to heaven. But anyways, I just went on a ramble. I don't know if I even answered a question. <laughs> I think you I did. I don't even remember I... what the question was. <laughs> Love you. Um, no, it, thank you for that because unfortunately, the chances of someone listening who has experienced grief and walked through a similar situation is probably fairly high. And there are topics that are not talked about enough and that aren't openly shared enough. And so thank you for that. And thank you for sharing Lenny with us. I think you did. I wanted to ask you, I asked you how to keep your marriage going after hardship. Okay. Yeah. I think also knowing that, um, that in your marriage, you're two totally different people and you're going to grieve differently and you're going to process differently. And I think just creating space for that to be okay. And knowing that like for us, like there would be, days right after Lenny went to heaven where I was really at a low point and Levi wasn't. And I think there were times where we felt bad for the other person because we didn't feel like we were on the same page. And there were plenty of moments where we had to talk through, walk through like, hey, when you said that, that was actually really hard for me because I was really at a low point. Like Mm -hmm. it really opened up our communication because we had to, in order to stay married, because I mean, statistics say that after the death of a child, marriages don't make it for the most part. I think it's like, I don't even know. Levi knows all the statistics. It's high. Yes. But to know like, okay, if we're going to go through this together, we need to have grace for each other to know that we're going to, we're going to be on different pages. We're not going to always be on the same wavelength when it comes to having a hard day, even facing like holidays and birthdays and Mm -hmm. things like there were plenty of 
of days, special days, where it was like Valentine's Day. I was having a really hard time missing Lenya, but Levi was fine and wanted to do something. But I like we weren't. So we had there been plenty of fights, plenty of uh, uh, issues had that where we had to like lay it out on the table and be like, okay this was not how I wanted this day to go, or this was not how I was expecting. So I was actually expecting this, you were expecting this, but we never actually talked about it. So I think that was something that was so good about going through hard things, because it really forced us to hash things out sometimes, but also just to remember that like, I just wanna have grace for him. I wanna, I wanna have um, an understanding heart and for him and to me as well. And I think that that's something so key, going through hardship is, just that asking God for a for for God's perspective first of all but also just to be able to see life in your spouse's shoes like they're going through it also and they're grieving differently how can I communicate with them how can I ask like how are you doing how can I give him space how can you know and I think that that's just that kind of humility and vulnerability and understanding mindset is just so helpful in whatever you go through, I think. Yeah. And if, if someone listening maybe hasn't experienced a child loss, but has experienced a different loss or financial hardship or something, I think those absolutely still apply. Like you, your communication and the way you give grace to each other and even talking about expectations. So they don't go unmet. Like, I love that you said that because I can look back at so many of the fights or arguments or whatever. And that's basically what it is. It's, we both had different expectations and they just weren't unmet. They were unmet. They, we didn't communicate clearly or whatever it was. And so, but communication, yes. And so I like that those can be applied for all of the different hardships, including something as horrible as loss. And so, yeah. And I think, yeah. And I think not, I think going back to not being afraid to learn the hard way, like literally there are times where I don't know what I want. Like I, I, I go into a day or I go into a situation and Levi's more of a verbal processor. Like he'll just like talk about what everything that's going on in his mind. And usually I will try to like encourage or reciprocate. Um, but for me, I feel like I'm more internal. And so it's easy for me just to kind of like be quiet, just think about things. Cause I usually don't know exactly what to say or how to say it or how to communicate, especially when it's like an emotionally charged moment. And so I need more time, whereas Levi just wants to like figure things out. So I think that's something that, as, that we've learned, but also just knowing that we are gonna learn the hard way. Like I remember there was one of Lenya's birthdays after she went to heaven and I was kind of planning something for our kids. And then Levi was planning something else and we had like one of the biggest fights and but then it ended where it was like this is where i went wrong this is where this happened i i actually did want this and i didn't realize it and so but i th i think the foundation the the basic like thing to learn from it was just knowing that you are going to learn the hard way and that's okay and that's and even learning the hard way is still learning and so in a marriage relationship there's so much learning the hard way, but don't be afraid of that because each fight, each argument, each discussion, if there's the heart to, to understand and the heart to humble yourself, even eventually, if it's not in the moment, um, <laughs> the heart to be restored, the heart that the relationship is 
um, worth fighting for, the fact that we're on the same team, we're not on opposing teams, we're wanting to level up together. Just seeing it through that perspective, I think so often I hate the confrontation and the fights and I hate it so much and I like see it as a bad thing, but I've actually had to like reprogram it in my mind to see it as an opportunity to grow and an opportunity to actually go to the next level in my relationship with Levi and to see that, wow, we just got through that huge hurdle or that huge fight or that big situation. And we're looking at each other like, we just like grew so much. And I'm so thankful for that. And so I think, but it just kind of has to switch in your mind. Like, not that we're looking for fights. I'm, (laughs) you know, but you, but letting God work in me. And I think that's, that's the biggest thing that I, I guess I want to convey is like my heart, I'm responsible for my spirit, my heart, my tone, my attitude. And that's a daily laying myself before the Lord surrender, like God today. Like I want to have so much love in my heart for you, so much love in my heart for my husband, for my kids, for um, the people I work with, um, the people I bump into. Help me because my my natural inclination would probably be to be snarky and snippy and how come you're doing this and you know that's just so easy but i want to fight to have a sweet attitude and i'm the only one that can have that and that can actually change the trajectory of a marriage if you just see yourself like not taking the blame not taking like responsibility for what your spouse has done but just looking inward and really pulling a psalm 139 and being and praying like god search me Search mm-hmm. my heart and see if there is anything that's displeasing to you and help me and strengthen me and lead me in the way everlasting. And I, th- I think that when we can look inward and take responsibility for our own spirit and our own heart and our own walk with Jesus, that can change everything. Yeah. Even if your spouse is not willing to, as you're just wanting to love and to give and not get walked over and you know, on, but just like be strong in the Lord and confident in him that can change so much. That Yes. Yes. Amen. That, that is so good. That is so good because I feel like my, this, um, confession booth over here, my first inclination is to be like, okay, well, Lord fix him or he's stubborn or like whatever, like, or as opposed to even if I know we're going into a hard conversation, if I were to come to the Lord first and be like, Lord, give me the words to say, prep my heart for whatever, or just looking inwardly. It's like, a I'm only responsible for myself, but so many times I'm like, man, that didn't go good because he did this. No, sis, that's not always the case. Like what did Sam do to the, what did I bring to the table? You know, I love what you just said. And I think that could change Uh, so many marriages and just the idea too. I love that you said the team aspect because Matt and I are huge sports fans. And so we talk as a team and I try and talk to the kids, even as a team, like y'all are on the same team. And you're stuck with each other for like ever. So, but Matt and I will go on the same, the same attitude, like, okay, we're on the same team. We need to do this together. And not that we're stuck with each other, but we're in it for the long haul. Like there's no plan to get out of this marriage. And so is this going to help bring us together or is it going to help separate us? Like we're, we're in it. There's no escape route for us. Right. And so sometimes I feel like the world will tell us 
that if it's hard, then you can walk away or, and don't get me wrong. Like this isn't for every single scenario, but like, if it's not good all the time, you can walk away. Or if there's just on ramps that the world tries to provide us or off ramps, I guess, off ramps for your marriage. And really Matt, one thing that we've always focused is on like, you're, you're with me when I'm in a nursing home, dude, like we are in this for the long road. So how we come to fights or arguments or conversations changes instead of just like bashing it out. It's like, okay, what could be super helpful right now? And I think you pointed out such a great thing of looking internally, like, Lord, clean my heart. What can I bring to this conversation that won't hurt him? That will be productive. That will, you know, or this hardship. I so good. Okay. I want to hear more about your, the Devo that you and Levi did. What made y'all want to write a marriage devotional? Well, we, we love so much. Like, I mean, even like people on our staff, like we, we always want to encourage um, intimacy and vulnerability and mm. um, strength in marriages. And I think it's just, it's so important. Um, we have so many moments in our um, devotional where we give space to like answer questions, go a little deeper, conversation starter, whatever. Like it's, it's it's just kind of fun, but I think just wanting to provide a strengthening tool, just a, a, a tool basically for, for marriages and um, to encourage. And so we, we love going through marriage devotionals together and we just, um, we're excited for this one. I think this one is such a good one to, um, give as a, a gift for an engaged couple. And it's pretty too, I <laughs> care, but it's also pretty. And, um, and just kind of streamline, like Levi was saying, like, I, I want to have something that a guy would be okay with, like reading it on a airplane, yeah. like not super flowery. Like this is my other book, the fight to flourish. Like that's pretty flowery. And I, <laughs> I think mostly girls read it, but anyways, <laughs> but it's just, it's, it's super fun. And we're just so thankful that God allowed us to, to write it together. And it was our first book together too. So that's super fun. That is so fun. Yes. And I love that you use so much of your experiences to encourage and equip other couples. I, I love that two things. And then we're going to do the wrap up one. Tell us where we can all buy the depot for our presents for the engaged couple or for ourselves. <laughs> Matt and I are digging through it now. Tell us where we can get the depot. Yeah. I, it's where anywhere you can buy books these days. Um, I know our website is themarriagedevotional.com. I love that there was a question mark. I'm getting a nod. I'm getting a <laughs> nod. Yes. And then all the other places that you buy books. So okay. Amazon and book stores. <laughs> we just shop at Amazon. It's okay. You can say book it. Book places. <laughs> book stores. <laughs> Barnes and Noble. <laughs> Jenny. That's fantastic. Okay. And then before we do the rapid fire, I want you to, if you want to leave any parting words for the audience tonight, any encouragement, and then I'm going to do rapid fire, which is just three fun questions to get to know you a little bit. Ooh, okay. I would just say, I would say no matter where you are at in, in your life, like you might be young and single, you might be young and married. You might be old and married. You might, no matter where you are in the the spectrum of life, I guess I just want to encourage you that you are never too far gone to surrender your life to the Lord, to his ways, to his plan, allowing him to direct your steps. And there's always hope. Like mm. if you've made a royal mess of your marriage or you've hurt somebody or you've been hurt or whatever it is, 
is there has been you've suffered great loss there's always hope and god god can take like the the worst circumstances and he can just weave his grace and his strength and his love and his power in it to create something beautiful that you would never you could never even imagine and i just think of joseph in the bible and how his life at age 17 just went downhill and he just he was thrown in a pit he was uh sold into slavery he was in prison he had he was out for a little bit but then accused for something he didn't do and 13 years of a life where it seemed like god was not there but you read all throughout those chapters that god the lord was with joseph mm-hmm. the lord was with joseph the lord made joseph prosper in the prison whatever it is like you just see god in a in a situation where it didn't seem like he was there and so i guess my encouragement is that god is there he's near to the brokenhearted and he loves and he cares for you and he has a plan for you in the midst of heartache and i think that there this is training this is prepping this is He's allowing you to be strengthened in ways that maybe you can't see now, but give it a few years, give it a few decades, and you'll watch God little by little transform and restore and redeem and mend and beautify and cause to flourish. And um, I just believe that over your life right where you're at. I love it. Thank you. So good. Okay. Let's do three questions. Super fun. Starting with your favorite worship song right now. I know that's hard for like us Christian girls, like favorite worship song, but like right now, what are you loving? Right now is The Dove by Carrie Job. Mm, yeah. Like I just, I can't not get super emotional and think about like how God just wants to give me the Holy Spirit and, and let me soar in all that he has for me. So that's kind of my jam. Yeah. She's one of my favorites too. What is one thing that people are generally surprised to find out about you? I mean, I would say maybe that I prefer sweats. Like any moment that I get, I'm wearing sweats (laughs) or maybe that I I don't shower as often as I should. (laughs) I really think that showering just takes so much time. (laughs) You have energy. You have to dry the hair, do the thing. I know. There's so much that goes along with showering that's just like, this is too much. Yeah. I, I feel that for women. I think we get a pass. Okay. (laughs) If you were going to live on a desert Island, but could only bring one thing that did not include the Bible, what would it be? Mm, Probably my husband. (laughs) That sounds like a vacation. (laughs) I know exactly. Sorry, kids. If you're listening, (laughs) sorry, not sorry. Jenny, thank you so much for taking the time and sharing your story, encouraging and equipping us for all the things, really. We started with marriage, but most of what you said can apply to almost every aspect of our life. And so I appreciate that. Thank you. This was so fun. Thank you, Samantha. This You're was amazing. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Friend, I hope you were blessed by this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Before you go, quick things. One, can you follow us on social? I would love to get social with you. Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube all have the username Abundant Woman Co. Come say hi. Also, we have a free Facebook community that has women just like you building community 
going after Jesus and just making connections. Come join us there. I can't wait to meet you. And last, I would love if you could screenshot this episode and share it on your socials for a chance to be featured. Until next time. 